0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to the upper hand fantasy podcast. Now here's your host Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's move on to the Jaguars. You got to be excited for this potential jump that the Jaguars might make offensively this year. Um, Doug Peterson's second year, adding Calvin really as a potential true wide receiver one for Trevor Lawrence, adding Tank Bakesby into this backfield. The offensive line, you know, still needs a little work, but, you know, good skill players with them already having Christian Kirk, Zay Jones um, in that receiving room, Evan Ingram there as well. Trevor Lawrence has shown signs of taking that next step. You know, he's kind of that obvious candidate this year to take a step forward. He's being drafted as a QB eight right now. Um, Honestly, if he finishes lower than that, I think it would be considered a disappointment, you know, given the weapons he has now, you know, he needs to, you know, take that step forward in his own development, second year of this system, former overall number one pick, right? So I think, you know, he can be like this year's Joe Burrow, right? In terms of like that pocket passer, um, you know, who you start every week, a little sneaky rushing ability, sure, but Mm -hmm. mainly a pocket passer. Um, And I think he does have the upside. Of finishing as like a top two or top three fantasy quarterback any given week right we didn't really see much of that last year we saw glimpses uh but i think that can now happen you know especially given the fact that he he they added calvin ridley
2: yeah uh, i like trevor lawrence i d- i think he can finish week t- uh top two or three on a weekly basis you know but i, I think that his ceiling as a pocket passer, assuming that sneaky rushing ability doesn't come up is going to be like qb five six um Lamar Jackson's ahead of him Josh Allen I think Jalen Hurts Patrick Mahomes there's a bunch of guys with more upside Justin Fields if he plays like he did last season you know he's going to be in there just by virtue of his rushing ability I think he's on that fringe elite elite QB um territory where he's going right now but um there's nothing wrong with taking him I think that he's a nice you know safe bet at the position he's going to have more production than he did last season definitely because I think that Calvin Ridley is going to be the guy in the passing game I mean do you remember what Calvin Ridley looked like when he was playing for the Falcons before he got injured in 2021? Like he was fantastic. So I think if he can develop a rapport with Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, nothing to sneeze at either, you know, Evan Ingram still there and they just added a nice one, two punch, you know, tank Bigsby now and Travis Etienne. There's so many weapons here. You're right. Not only would it be a disappointment if you didn't finish as a QB eight, but it would be a disappointment if this offense as a whole didn't look way better than it did last season and it wasn't even that bad last season. So there's high expectations surrounding Trevor Lawrence. I don't have a problem yeah. with his price. He's, I'm not going out, out of my way to target him, but he could easily, you know, be one of those guys that jumps up this season, and makes that Joe Burrow elite.
1: Yeah, the question on everyone's mind is like who is Calvin really going to be, right? Yeah. Is he the wide receiver one he was before he went on his hiatus? You know, he's really been on of football for like 2 years now. So we're like. really mm-hmm. we're, we're really banking on him to be that guy. If you haven't read the letter to his fans that he wrote, I would highly recommend it. Great read. Uh but he's going off the board as the wide receiver 16, not leaving any breathing room, right? Mm-hmm. I w- like I would bet on Ridley on being the clear one in this offense, but I think there is a world where the target share is closer between him and Christian Kirk than we think. The reason why I don't necessarily think that would be the case, like if I had to bet on it, is because the target share between Kirk and Zay Jones was way too close. And if Ridley mm-hmm. is anything like he was before, he should be able to separate himself from Kirk because you know he's going to be able to separate himself from Zay Jones, right? Yeah. So, you know, so Kirk couldn't separate himself from Zay Jones in terms of target share last year. Uh, but at wide receiver 16, man, I I think that's a little hefty for me. Like he's going right behind DK Metcalf. He's going ahead of Amari Cooper, ahead of Keenan, Keenan Allen. Like, I think I'd rather have all those guys. And there might be a couple more under him that I think I'd rather have because I know what I'm getting, right? Christian Kirk right. being taken off the board as a wide receiver, 27 at the four or five turn on underdog, probably a little bit lower in home leagues, probably solid fifth round, maybe end of fifth round for Christian Kirk. I think that's more an appropriate price for a wide receiver in this offense. If I'm really, you know, because Kirk, because looking at really the ADP, it's actually been it's risen a little bit over the last mm. couple of weeks, a couple of spots. Yeah.
2: I, I I hear what you're saying about the target distribution. I do think there is a world where it's like Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley are splitting targets. I mean, we have to also factor in that Evan Ingram, you know, he came on, he became a favorite target a little bit of Trevor Lawrence is going on in late into the season last season. But for me, I think I know who Ridley is. If he comes back, it's not like he's been injured. He's just been out of football. I don't think he has he's just been sitting on his couch. You know, I think that he's been keeping up, keeping his um health in check, not letting things go. He looks go. good.
1: He yeah. looks good. Because, like, the right. word out of OTAs and all these videos that we're watching, like, it looks like Calvin Ridley. Yes.
2: And that is fantastic news. And I'll tell you what, we got to be foaming at the mouth if Calvin Ridley comes back and he looks and he plays like he did when he was with the Falcons now that he's on the Jaguars. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, like you said, looks to take the next step this season. He could absolutely do that. But Ridley put up his best fantasy season in 2020. That was 90 receptions, 1374 receiving yards, nine touchdowns, with Matt Ryan well past his prime on a Falcons team that went four and 12. So, this is going to be a better team than that. This is going to be a better quarterback than that. I look at that despite not seeing any NFL action since 2021. You know, I'm going to assume that he's going to come back, look like Calvin Ridley. He averaged over 10 targets a game in five games in 2021 before he got hurt, and just over nine targets a game in 15 games in 2020. That was with Julio Jones on the roster, even though he was getting older. It's worth showing that he can command targets. I don't think he's just going to suddenly just fall off a cliff and disappear because Christian Kirk is on the offense, you know, and Zay Jones is hanging around. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he could be the one. I don't think he has top eight or seven upside, but I think he has top ten upside to the point where it's like there's too many, I think, targets – too many different targets for Trevor Lawrence in this offense for him to dial in on really one but he's going to be such a dynamic one that even if he gets 7-8 targets a game he can easily go for 115-120 and a touchdown or two a game if the cards fall correctly. So, I think that the upside is there for Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 16 for him they're just I'm not going to say smash but just exceed it. You know, I, I don't I get that there's not a whole lot of breathing room, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that if Calvin Ridley comes back and looks like him, I mean, we're going to be sitting there smiling if he took him at that price. So I'm in on Calvin Ridley. The offense is going to be better even than it was last season. I, I, I just I think it feels justified the price because we see, you know, like you said, OTAs. He looks like Calvin Ridley, smells like Calvin Ridley. I'm not going to say that, but you know, all signs are pointing the correct way. Ridley. I think this could be Calvin Ridley on the Jaguars, just like we saw him before the suspension.
1: All right. All right. I love it. I love it. I, I you know, I, I think he definitely has the upside. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, I want to see Calvin Ridley, you know, make that comeback. So hopefully, hopefully we see it. Um, he, I just, wish I feel the most the
2: confident about this one. Then like Michael Thomas making a comeback, you know, I wasn't very confident in that. There are other players right. that came back. I wasn't sure. very confident. About, I feel confident about this one. I, 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 Calvin Ridley, there was no injury or anything. I think he has something to prove. He's got chip on his shoulder. And the Jaguars traded for him. They want to use him. I'm in on him.
1: We talked about this Jaguars backfield a lot, so I'm going to keep it pretty simple, As I think, as we should. Travis Etienne had the every down workload last year without James Robinson. He didn't take advantage of it. He should have done more. He didn't command targets. And now they just added Tank Bigsby in the third round, who's a very good running back. This is not going to be a timeshare. It's going to be a timeshare now. So ETN is being overdrafted. It's coming off the board as the RB 13 way too high Way too high. (laughs) He didn't finish anywhere close to that last year. And the entire backfield was his. And that's even if I only count the weeks without James Robinson, it's really that Mm -hmm. simple. I have nothing else to say.
2: He's benefiting from Trevor Lawrence syndrome, which is, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to take a step forward. So the whole offense is going to, and Travis Etienne is going to just passively benefit from that. No, not the case.
1: I I think ETN is a good running back. But yeah. at the end of the day, he didn't earn targets, unfortunately, and he he broke away. But he, like he, his breakaway ability is awesome. I think this backfield is going to produce like crazy between him yep. and Bigsby. But from a fantasy perspective, from an individual fantasy, like if I can, if I can wrap up the Jaguars backfield, like we into one both, player, yeah. I would love it. But this is not going to be the case this year. Right. Uh, I'm not as in on Evan Ingram this year because of the addition of Calvin Ridley. Right, there are a lot of mm-hmm. mouths to feed, like you said, in this offense. I think Ingram and Zay Jones get hurt the most with that addition. Um, he's being drafted as a tight end eight. Mm, it's okay, you know. Not sure I love it, but I think he can finish there. He was yep. good late last year. I'm not sure he can be like consistent enough for me, for me to be targeting him in the eighth round. Not someone I'm targeting personally.
2: Yeah, neither mind. And uh, that's the whole thing that we have with this you know, wide receiver room, tight end room, the receiving corpse right here. It's just that there's so many different targets that Trevor Lawrence is gonna be able to throw to. I think that he's going to have those weeks. You know, inevitably one yep. wide receiver is going to, or tight end is gonna finish higher than the rest of them because it's just their day on this offense. So we saw what he can do. You know, he has really good weekly upside, but it's just a question of is he going to hit that every single week? You know, there's gonna to have to be a lot of scoring for all of these guys to be relevant in the same week. And I feel like most weeks, it's not going to be Evan Ingram. So he's really just, you know, your everyday low tight end one. I think that's why yeah. I view him.
3: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
1: All right, let's move on to the Titans. Another year of me not targeting Derrick Henry. Another year <laughs> of it biting me in the ass. Uh, right. At this point, you know, just going to continue this trend, right? Derrick Henry's 29 years old, past the age apex, way past the carry threshold, you know, before running backs tend to break down. But I guess for him, it never mattered. It probably still doesn't matter. He'll probably yeah. score another 15 touchdowns on like 350 carries. I'll look stupid once again. What's new? But um, I'll probably still be targeting other players at his first round price tag because of those reasons that Derrick Henry is probably immune to.
2: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with taking a guy like Tony Pollard or Saquon Barkley over Derrick Henry, you know? Like, I don't think anyone's slighting you for that, but I would say it would be an issue if you're saying that Derrick Henry is going to be, like, outside the top 12. I think that he's going to be in there again just because this offense is going to run through him. I mean, Mike Vrabel is still there, and that's been their identity since he's been there. So I don't have any problems with Derrick Henry.
1: I still have Derrick Henry as my RB6. Yeah, So I mean – The receiving
2: (laughs) upside isn't there, but it doesn't matter. You know, they're just going to be those weeks where he runs for 200 yards.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Now, I will draft Tajay Spears as a potential three down handcuff. Like, I think he's a good all around player. Yeah. I think he's good in the receiving game. You know, given the lack of receiving weapons on this team, you know, he could be pretty fantasy relevant. You know, if these general guidelines actually affect Derrick Henry at some point this year, if they
2: finally decide they don't want to just run him into the ground as they have, or if he gets hurt.
1: Or if he gets hurt, right? That's the other things. So like if he gets hurt, like I think Tajay Spears would be moved up to like that this like three down back, maybe sharing their early down load load a little bit with Hassan Haskins. But I don't think Haskins is that good anyway. I think Spears is a yeah. better running back.
2: Spears I bad. think,
1: I think Traylon Burks needs to be targeted at his price. I think there is a lot that he can work on as a wide receiver. But at the end of the day, this is a volume game. He's the only wide receiver that matters here. He he does enough right, right? He's earned enough targets per route run last year. He showed enough rapport with Ryan Tannehill. You know, I think he's going to finish as the top 36 wide receiver at the very least, uh, assuming he's assuming that he stays healthy. I think he has like low end wide receiver two upside. He's going off the board as a wide receiver 37 in the sixth round. I think that's solid value. The target chair is going to be there. I think he's a pretty solid pick at that spot.
2: Yeah, low end wide receiver two upside is what I have not pinned for as well. I don't have a problem with Traylon Burks. I'm not going out of my way to target him. You know, I'd rather take other guys in his range. I mean, he's going just a couple picks after a guy like Deontay Johnson, you know. Assuming they're both on the board, if they're both on the board, I think Deontay Johnson's head and shoulders the pick. But if Traylon Burks is there, way past his ADP right now, which is sitting looks like late sixth round. That's what it's, that's what it's looking like. I don't have too much of a problem with that because, like you said, it's a volume game at this point with the Titans' offense. There's only two guys in this uh, receiving room really that are going to be doing any type of you know production and that's going to be Traylon burks and the guy that i like which is chigozio McConquo. i know you're not as much of a fan of him and you alluded to this earlier you want to tell us about that
1: i actually think that that is a pretty good chance that Oconquo is the number two behind Traylon burks like i think that's pretty obvious but he was number one in yards per route run among all qualifying tight ends last year there's no other receivers to care about here and mm-hmm. austin hooper like he's gone like he's going to annoy whoever has michael mayer now Right yeah. in Vegas. Um, but they thought they were think, free
2: when Foster Moreau left, but you know <laughs> Michael Mayer. Oh, that's right. Exactly. Uh, Austin uh, Hooper it's going to be tough.
1: I think Okonko has shown enough signs that the market, you know, is in on him as the tight end twelve off the board in the eleventh round. So he's already being drafted as a tight end one, and I'm okay with his price. I think there is a chance of him finishing as a top five tight end this year. So that's yeah. why I'm okay with taking him there. Because of the potential of him being a difference maker at the position, again, when I draft tight ends late, I need that top five upside potential upside, and I think Okonko has that. I think he's a good Absolutely. player. He's an athletic freak, and there is no one else to target uh, in this Titans passing game besides him and Traylon Burks.
2: Yeah. So, did you read my notes right before this podcast? Because that's like exactly what I wrote down, and I'm, I actually stole him-
1: your, I actually stole your notes, and I just read it word for word.
2: Yes, I think that's what it was. No, I've actually classified him. I wrote him down. I'm targeting him. I think this is a perfect word for him. He's a moonshot tight end one. I think that's what I have for him because he has that chance. Like, there's nobody else in this receiving game. And I get it. Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's not going to be a fantastic quarterback. There, obviously not going to be throwing it very much. Probably 23, 25 times a game at most, I think, with the way that this offense is built. But those targets, say you split it between Two guys, like we just said, Traylon Burks and Chigosi McConquo. You get a couple going to the pass catchers out of the backfield, maybe one or two to Nick Westbrook, akina like whoever. That's like seven targets, probably roughly, if they just throw to these two guys, assuming other guys get a little bit here or there. That's plenty for a tight end one, you know, in the current landscape of things at the tight end position. So Chigosi McConquo, too, like you just said, super efficient on the targets that he got. Led all NFL tight ends, not just rookies or anything, all NFL tight ends, yards per reception of 14, yak per reception of 7.8, yards per route run 2.61. Like hilarious numbers that I really didn't even see coming. It doesn't look very good on the surface, especially if you look at his game log last season, because he didn't really register a whole lot of targets. But like you said, playing behind Austin Hooper will do that to you. Um, he doesn't have to deal with that anymore. So, like I said, I'm calling him a moonshot tight end one. I think that is pretty good classification for him. He has top five upside. Absolutely. I would honestly be surprised if he didn't finish at least top eight or nine at this point. Yeah.
1: Love it. Love it. That's going to do it for this podcast guys. Um, I, I did want to mention before you guys get out of here, that underdog still has the promotion where if you deposit, whatever you do, whatever you deposit up to $100, you get that deposit matched. We have already gone over a ton of the season long pickups that they have where you can go higher or lower on a bunch of these stat lines for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, yardage, uh, passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, all that. Go check that out. If you come if you like, you know, combine those up and put them up into one slip, you would be able to like multiply your money. It's a great way uh, to play uh, fantasy. If you know fantasy already, like this is right up your alley. You're going to be able to really put your money where your mouth is in terms of what you're predicting for this season for a lot of these players. So go check out Underdog Fantasy. Uh, use the code UPPERHAND to get that promo. And if you can subscribe to the podcast, that would me- mean the world to us. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be talking OTAs, mini camp news, and a lot more. See you later. Bye-bye.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.